cosmic guru maharaj and prahlad devotees actually all devotees are indebted to the great sage narada for he has wandered both in heaven and in hell a devotee of the lord is not even afraid of hell he goes to preach the glories of the lord everywhere even in hell because there is no distinction between heaven and hell for a devotee narayana parasarvena utasthana vibhati swargape apavardana kaisu A pure devotee of Narayan is never afraid of going anywhere and everywhere. For him, heaven and hell are one and the same. Bhagavatam 6.17.28 Such devotees wandering all over the world deliver those who are actually afraid of this material existence. Some people are already disgusted with material existence, being confused and frustrated by material enjoyment. And some people who are intelligent and are interested in understanding the Supreme Lord, both may take advantage of pure devotees who wander throughout the world. When a pure devotee goes to a place of pilgrimage, he desires to purify the holy place of pilgrimage. Many sinful men bathe in the holy waters of the places of pilgrimage. They take their baths in the water of Ganges and Yamuna at places such as Prayal, Vrindavan and Mathura. In this way, the sinful men are purified. But their sinful actions and reactions remain at the holy places of pilgrimage. When a devotee comes to take his bath at those places of pilgrimage, the sinful reactions left by sinful men are neutralized by the devotees. Tirti Kurvanti Tirthani Swanta Stena Tadabhuta Bhagavata Because the devotees always carry the Supreme Personality of God within their heart, wherever he goes becomes a place of pilgrimage. for understanding the Supreme Personality of God. It is therefore the duty of everyone to associate with the pure devotee and thus attain freedom from material contamination. Everyone should take advantage of the wandering devotees whose only business is to deliver conditioned souls from the clutches of Maya.
by practicing the mantra he gave for darshan of the Supreme Lord and then the flow of, of glorification of the Supreme Lord if you just go through the translation it's very nice at first they glorify the beauty of the Lord and then then Bhajan uh, Bhavakam glorifies it and then they glorify the qualities of the Lord and after glorifying the Supreme Lord now the Prajetas are glorifying the devotees of the Lord and then once they glorify the devotees of the Lord they come to Lord Shiva's glorification because of whom they got this uh, opportunity to meditate on the Supreme Lord and have his darshan and that's how they again end their praise in final glorification of the Lord in the next few verses I think three, three, three four verses this glorification will end so uh, so now when when Prachetas are glorifying these great devotees of the Lord those personal associates of the Lord who out of their kindness are wanting throughout the world actually the purport Prabhupada picks up two types of devotees because he is trying to impress upon the reader the importance of those devotees who are traveling and, uh, and helping people out in understanding their main goal which is to develop their relationship with the Supreme Lord so, so Prabhupada mentions two types of devotees one is Bhajanandi and the other is Goshenandi now, we know that many devotees, many advanced devotees will not show their ecstatic symptoms, or they, they choose not to show. But, um, but to understand if a person is very advanced spiritually, there are two qualities which I mentioned, which is other than their ecstatic symptoms, of course, is their steadiness in performing devotional service, and whatever they speak is for the benefit of others. So um, that is, uh, these are very, very key qualities which is very easily displayed in a, from an external point of view also. When we see a very advanced view, they are very steady in their devotional practices and they only speak for the benefit of others. So when we see from the purport, like Prabhupada is uh, describing both Bhajananandi and Goshanandi, uh, and of course Prabhupada is not criticizing the Bhajanana and the devotees because they are also great devotees of the Lord and they choose to just stay at one place. Uh, you know, just a verse uh, from, from Bhagavad Gita, the second chapter um, is, is, is describing where Arjuna is asking Krishna in 254 the, the, how does a, a Siddha Bhagavad how does he speak with all, all the whole mystery asks and to answer it, in answering to that in the next verse, Krishna actually says, which describes which type of devotee are qualified even to, even to, even to sit at one place and just chant. Because Bhajanandi devotees are those devotees who, who, who just perform their devotional activities, their bhajan, their hearing and chanting, just being at one place and rarely go to the same world, but sometimes they go out for preaching. Um, so the verse goes like, Prajahati Adhakama, Saravan Parthamanodana. Krishna is saying that when a person gives up all varieties of desire for sense gratification, which arises from mental compulsion, and his mind thus purified finds satisfaction in the self alone, then he is said to be pure transcendental consciousness. So, that type of devotee can even attempt to be uh, a Bhajanandi, who, who is first of all fully satisfied. Uh, within oneself and he is absorbed in transcendental devotional service to the Lord. 
But whereas um, the other category Goshanadi devotees, which also has a wide range of devotees, uh, which can fit in that category, um, are those devotees who, who, who their view is to do good to others, basically. And with that view of doing good to others, they, they decide to move around, to travel, or to preach, basically, um, out of their own comfort zone or, or leaving their own, uh, not just focusing on one's own spiritual progress, but doing something for the benefit of others. And as we, we know, it's very popular verse from 11th Canto of Halakum, which describes the quality of Madhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhyamadhy
and he went and sat inside and and these were students these students were there three Muslim students who were smoking and they were eating fish there and he sat with them and he started explaining uh, Bhagavad Gita and they became very interested and he they each purchased one Bhagavad Gita and he went to the next house it was a Muslim from Afghanistan who a professor actually who knew about Bhagavad Gita then wrote preached to him and he also purchased Bhagavad Gita paying twenty dollars then he went to the third house again third Muslim house and he preached to him and he also took Bhagavad Gita. And then he went to the fourth house. It was a Hindu Indian who said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know Bhagavad Gita, I know about it. Go away. So, so that he was telling by example that we don't know in the three Muslim houses he knocked the door. And they all took Bhagavad Gita and they were very receptive. And this fourth house, which was a Hindu uh, uh, Indian person uh, who said, no, I know everything about Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> So, so it's, it's very hard to figure out. <laughs> so, uh, but that's exactly the point he was making. The expertise of a of a Goshenandi, which of course comes with experience, compassion, and the Supreme Lord as for Mahatmaudin guiding them based on their uh, their intense desire to spread Krishna's message out. That which is a ripened fruit. And he he clearly was mentioning. He said, just don't. Unnecessary pluck and ripen fruits. It disturbs. Leave them to, to get ripened and uh, don't damage the branch, neither the fruit. Because he was saying that this material existence is, is going to cook them all up. It is going to make them ripen in due course. Uh, even, uh, you know, is it samsara, you know, this fire, it is going to cook people down. And we see now also. Uh, so many devotees have experienced, you know, since this pandemic has started, since the lockdowns are there and people are more at home, the receptivity has increased a lot uh, in hearing spiritual subject matter. Because all the nonsense which was going, which was occupying people's life, has been has been completely stopped. So then there is more time to think of something deeper about life, about uh, how the mind is treating people, how. Other people are getting affected and seeing them, many experiences people are getting. So, uh, so it's really, actually it's a, it's, it's a great time for preaching also. But of course, we can't go out, but online things are done, are, are being done and many devotees are attempting for that. So, uh, so you know, coming to Srila Prabhupada and his compassion and how Uttama Adhikari uh, comes down to this platform, it's a very nice pastime actually. Maybe some of you have already heard it, but but uh, very, very uh, powerful pastime of Shilpa's compassion. How how he came down to a platform where he he took the, the suffering or he took the 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 heat on himself for benefiting others. This is this is the time where this is the last year when Shri Prabhupada left this planet, beginning of 1977. And Prabhupada was so sick, he was just skin and bone practically. He was, he was, you just take one fourth of a cup of orange juice per day. And that he just died. He was just that week. This is the last year in the beginning of the year, I think January, February, somewhere. And, 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 we 
recently we were hearing Mr. Jagannath explaining the whole last period of Shri Prabhupada, and he was telling that Prabhupada was very adamant to go to London and start do one more uh, tour of Western preaching, and 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 he was very really suffering physically from physical point of view, health point of view. So at that time, uh, one uh, Brahman, one Pandit from Bangalore, Panchalatrika Pandit, Sampal Kumar Patajara, came to know about Srila Prabhupada's ill health. And he took a flight from Bangalore to come to Bombay, uh, which in those days was a huge thing for a Brahmin priest to do because to take to come by air travel. He felt it was really urgent for him to tell something to Prabhupada. And and out of his affection for Prabhupada, he really did, took that step. He came all the way. And he met Prabhupada, and Prabhupada was not meeting any devotee in private because of his health, but Prabhupada agreed because of the pain he took. He, already, he flew all the way from Bangalore to Bombay just to see Prabhupada and tell him something very important which he felt. So everyone was asked to go out. They want not to be what is everywhere inside, and he was speaking to Prabhupada, this Bhattacharya. And he's saying, Prabhupada is lying on his bed, and this, this Bhattacharya is saying, Swamiji, I'm really feeling very pain, seeing your condition, your suffering. And then Prabhupada is on his bed saying that, yeah, whole world is meant for suffering. Dukhalaya, Shashwatam. And then this Bhattacharya says, but still, Swamiji, there are so many people who depend on you. So when you suffer, they also suffer. And Prabhupada says, what can I do? This is how the situation is now. So this Bhattacharya says, so, so he tells to Prabhupada that I have something very important to tell you right now. And he really thought that Prabhupada hasn't figured it out. And he will come in out of his affection to let Prabhupada know that this will help him come out of his suffering. So he says, Swamiji, I want to tell you something. In Vrindavan temple, they are having a deity on the altar, and all kinds of people are coming and praying to it, offering flowers to it, but you are still living. So according to Panchalatra, when the Acharya is living, and if he puts his deity on the altar, then the all then all the sufferings people are having comes to the body of the devotee through the deity. So because you are still alive and your deity is on the altar, when people come and pray. And the suffering of the people who are coming as bread will come to your body. So you please tell your disciples to worship your deity only after you leave your body. Not now. So he was speaking in such a way as if Prabhupada doesn't know about it and he's trying to give this solution to Prabhupada. So Prabhupada told him, I know this. I came here to take their suffering. And this Bhattacharya was shocked that what is Swami saying? He knows about it. And still it's happening. So he was shocked that, that he was not giving any new information. This was very well known to Prabhupada. And he was determined to suffer for others. And Prabhupada tells him, do you have anything else to say? Because I know this, I am here for this, to stay there suffering, I am purposefully doing it. So Bhattacharya says, Swamiji, if you wish, if this is your wish, what can I say? I am only a priest. And then Prabhupada says, even when I leave, I will keep continuing to take their suffering and make them free so that they can keep chanting Hare Krishna. So, like this is, even theoretically it's hard to figure out what he was, what his mindset was, but it's very brief actually. That uh, uh, on what, what level of compassion Shri Prabhupada was actually showing 
And and that's why you know once I heard my spiritual master was saying that that for the whole Kalyuga to come, and especially ten thousand years of Kalyuga to come, Shri Prabhupada is the spiritual master for the whole Kalyuga. And when I heard I felt this is a very big statement because many spiritual masters are already gone and many will come. But he said, No, Shri Prabhupada is the guru for the next ten thousand years. So uh, why because we don't see many such examples of such compassion, of such intense compassion, of taking such suffering. You know, the other day we were watching drama of Ramanujacharya, how Ramanujacharya approaches one of the gurus to, to get the mantra, the Vishnu Narayan mantra. And 18 times he is rejected and he is to walk all the way from this place to Tirichi, I think. And then he is rejected again. 18 times he came and he was rejected. And then when he was given this mantra, the Guru, guru very clearly tells him, just keep it secret, don't tell to anyone, otherwise you will suffer if you speak to anyone. But then he asked what will happen. He said, whoever gets this mantra, their life becomes perfect, all this suffering is over. And Ramanacharya, who I very there's one person in this this mode of, of let me suffer for them. He goes on top of the building and he starts telling, collects all the people and starts shouting the mantra. And just now the Guru has told, don't tell this mantra to anyone because you will suffer if you tell this mantra to anyone. And he goes and tells everyone. And when his spiritual master, the Guru gets to know this, he becomes so upset, he confesses that he will suffer in hell for millions of lifetimes for doing this activity. And Ramanacharya says, but others will be happy, right? Means their, their life will be perfect. Let me suffer. So, there's quite a bit of similarity in this move of Srila Prabhupada that even after I'll go, I'll continue to take their suffering through my deity worship. And, and you know, uh, Srila Prabhupada is here basically. So, uh, <coughs> you know, you see, uh, then recently we had a Oh, his sad departure of his own as Bhakti Maharaj, who before leaving to America shows a very similar mood that uh, uh, in, in line to his spiritual master's mood, Shri Prabhupada's mood, that, that like this verse says, the last part of the purport says, um, This devotee is not afraid of going anywhere, for him heaven and hell are one and the same. And these are the exact words Maharaj says that he was, I'm going because even though it is hellish, I'm going there to, to, to preach, to spread the mission of the spiritual master. Actually, Maharaj was going there because he had a cow protection project going on, which he wanted the locals to understand the importance of protecting cows. And uh, he was heading that project and to inspire, guide his disciples, he was going there. And uh, with, with, with a very similar mood, even though knowing all the risks, Maharaj still left uh, for that place. So, uh, you know, even from internally we have no access, but externally also to think like that is not easy. It's, 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 a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to even say, okay, I'll suffer on your behalf. It's very hard. Because the, the attitude, this attitude of, of being of some assistance or some service to someone else 
and take the pain on oneself to serve some, some other devotee or to another living entity is, is materially unheard of. But even in spiritual circles, it's very great. It's very, very advanced platform. You know, uh, uh, coming to the, the PowerPoint ahead, which talks about the association of pure devotees. Uh, very interesting point uh, mentioned in the purport of course. But recently I heard there was a interview done by Gauran Prabhu uh, and Zonas Devan Maharaj. And uh, this interview was was, was very uh, enlightening in the sense that uh, many, many important questions was raised and, and uh, for not just for beginning devotees, but for devotees who are there for in the moment for many, many years, many senior devotees, even the leaders. And one question which uh, was asked to Maharaj was, what cautions even a senior devotee takes? So Maharaj gave a few points, but a couple of points which matches with the purport I wanted to mention. One was uh, that uh, as many devotees, uh, Many senior devotees both can go through this that once they are very much into the movement for many many years, uh, isolation can threaten. So the point I was making is that it is the responsibility of not just the beginning devotees or or uh, or into, into the movement for few years, even those who are there in the movement for decades, it's their responsibility to seek out advanced association and uh, to seek out. Uh, good association of devotees and the interesting point Maharaj mentioned there that, that the responsibility of them to seek out association of advanced devotees is not just for their spiritual benefit but it's their responsibility to, for their followers also it's their responsibility towards their followers also that they have advanced association because that's what's going to be passed on so uh, so two points basically Maharaj mentioned one was that, that after many years of being in Krishna consciousness, devotees can lose track of taking shelter of the Holy Dhamma and the association of very advanced devotees in Holy Dhamma um, and, and uh, isolation was one of the points he was mentioning. So, currently there was time to connect to our current situation from last so many months and for many, many months in the future to come. We will not have any devotee, traveling devotees coming to our temple basically. It will not happen. And and don't maybe this year it may not happen at all. How the world situation is, how travel is going to open up everywhere, we have no clue. And who and there's and the risk involved is a lot, which we've already seen in the recent uh, incident. Uh, so so these these places of pilgrimage, these pure devotees who are who are Tirtha in themselves, who are holy places in themselves moving around to share the consciousness with us, are not going to visit this place, basically. So then then taking from Maharaj's point, what I understood was that now currently connecting to our situation, it is very important for us to to put that effort to take their association somehow whether through online classes or previously recorded classes or local devotees or whatever because because we don't have this chance and I think the other day Pokemon Shu was giving class and he was mentioning that how when these senior devotees were even traveling we sometimes may do neglect and we don't utilize their experience 
or their their uh, how advanced uh, these devotees are and how many decades of service to Srila Prabhupada they have done. And and we may fall for some interesting, attractive, very entertaining lectures. And uh, you mentioned that isn't it? And when we, we don't we don't give much attention to these personalities who have given their life and who are these who are places of pilgrimage in themselves. So I feel this like of course, many devotees are doing this, but now seeing the situation the way, especially in Victoria, it is, I think more has to be done. Where we have no clue, there is no vision how and when things will become normal. So, that same dosage of association of these devotees must be taken. And, and when I was saying uh, that interview with Devak Maharaj was happening, Maharaj was even telling by his own example. He was telling that every year, he really relishes and he waits for that time and he goes to the Holy Dham. Not just be in the Dham, but to associate with his fellow devotees, his group of devotees uh, who are... Uh, and 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 he, he, he said that that is so nourishing. So especially coming from the West, that uh, quite a bit of contamination if you are preaching uh, in the West can come on us. And he was quoting Prabhupada that this was one of the key reasons Prabhupada uh, instituted or Prabhupada instituted but Prabhupada really suggested this point that devotees of the West should go and take shelter of the Holy Dham and the advanced devotees did. And if we see the verse which Prabhupada is quoting, the Tirthi Kurvanti Tirthani Swatasena Dadabhuta from 1st canto 30 chapter which is glorification of Vidura actually by Yudhishthira Maharaj. In that purport, I really wanted to read that one paragraph from, from that purport which is very happy. And very suitable to this theme. In the in the purport, Sri Prabhupada says that the personality of Godhead is omnipresent by his diverse potencies everywhere. Just as the power of electricity is distributed everywhere within space, similarly the Lord's omnipresence is perceived and manifested by his unalloyed devotees like Vidura. Just like just as electricity is manifested in an electric world. A pure devotee like Vidura always feels the presence of the Lord everywhere. He sees everything in the potency of the Lord and the Lord in everything. The holy places are all holy places all over the earth are meant for purifying the polluted consciousness of the human being by an atmosphere surcharged with the presence of Lord's unalloyed devotees. Actually, that makes the holy place purifying with the, the power to purify because the devotees are present in the holy places. If anyone visits a holy place, he must search out the pure devotees residing in such holy places, take lessons from them, try to apply such instructions in practical life, and thus gradually prepare oneself for the ultimate salvation going back to God. To go to some holy place of pilgrimage does not mean only to take bath in Ganges or Yamuna or to visit the temple situated in those places. One should also find a representative of Vidura who have no desire in life save and accept to serve the personality of God. And then in the end of the Bible he says, So by their actions, the pure devotees of the Lord can render any place into a place of pilgrimage. And the holy places are worth the name only on their account. Means like this people are in, in thousands of millions people visit these places. I don't think so, hardly anyone knows this. 
that these holy places are in just the namesake only if the advanced devotees association is not not uh, sought for basically when visiting this place. And how powerful these devotees are when they are visiting or when, when they are traveling or moving anywhere else. And this was one of the very crucial points. Uh, uh, so as Devat Maharaj was mentioning in that interview that it's very, very important. Uh, he was giving his own example. He was saying that like he was in New Zealand now in lockdown and he was saying that there are only three, four senior proper disciples other than grandchildren of Prabhupada who, who are active and who, whom he associates with. And he was mentioning that that he takes the responsibility to go and associate with them. Because in the whole country there are three, four. And then he said, even if you come to Australia, there may be, be five, six more active Prabhupada disciples. There are many actually. But what he was mentioning this point that it's our responsibility to really seek out their association. And uh, and uh, take the uh, basically lift uh, our own spiritual life. And and Maharaj was mentioning that now he cannot go to the holy dam, so he misses that. He is really missing it. So we see, you know, uh, recently when when uh, the, the head priest who went to do the final rites, who is always Bhakti Chaitanya Maharaj in the hospital, went. After Maharaj left his body, a few minutes later he went to the hospital and then a room he went. He entered the room and he said it was not a normal hospital room. It was surcharged. It was a transcendental room. So then he spoke to the staff. He wanted to know what was their experience of Maharaj. And when he spoke to the staff, uh, staff said he was so saintly. And this Prabhu, this, uh, Prabhu was the priest there. He said that you don't know what, what was a fortune of him choosing to come to this place. And he said, you are right, we have never experienced anything like this before in the hospital. So now they were not able to define exactly what it was. But they could really feel a big difference when a saintly person is with them. Even though even though Mahaj must have not even spoken much because of mental you can't talk much. But the presence itself, can you imagine a holy place comes to a hospital? <laughs> so because Krishna is within their heart, they are thinking of the Supreme Lord all the time. So, uh, uh, I felt that, that uh, in, in our current situation, this scoreboard uh, this uh, gives us that indication that for that. Two, two, two main points which I drew from this scoreboard was one is whatever situation we are in right now, where we can't move out. And whatever we can reach out to people and preach must can be tried or attempted. And then for us uh, to take association of, of advanced devotees should not be neglected. So this this is what I wanted to share from this purport. I'll just stop there. Any questions or comments or corrections are there?
So that category is Vajrayana and devotees who are very advanced Vaishnavas. Uh, when we say advanced, then advanced has particular category, but uh, arranged. But even these very advanced devotees, this this uh, who are staying at one place, uh, it, it's not that they're in isolation. It's just that they don't take the pain of traveling, or they just they just they don't feel uh, that they have to go out and reach. They they are very satisfied and and they choose to just stay in one area and just hear and chant. But they associate with the devotees there. It's not that they don't associate. They are not in isolation. Problem with isolation. Uh, and 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 for many hours a day they do spend in their personal spiritual practices. But uh, but the point here is that they don't choose to go out and save the conditioned souls. But locally they are associating, or they must be associating with their with Vaishnava uh, devotees itself. But they are not going out to to help those people who have no opportunity otherwise to come in contact with Krishna. So that example, if you see in contrast with what Srila Prabhupada did, Srila Prabhupada was also in a similar situation where he was in Vrindavan, staying in the temple. And where he had good association of devotees around him, but he chose to go out and give people a chance to come in contact with Krishna. And he became that that place of pilgrimage, to move out of the pilgrimage and travel throughout the world, basically to purify uh, a huge number of, of people. And we see the result. That's the reason we are sitting here. Otherwise, there is no chance, basically. So they, they, they do associate. Association is necessary for anyone and everyone. Uh, but uh, yeah. even Prabhupada uh, would go and talk. When he would come back to India, he, he would spend time with his brothers. Because then anything Prabhupada then could not even speak in front of his disciples. They were, they were so young to even understand those subject matters. So, but yeah. That's exactly how you know. isolation is a problem. This is the problem with isolation is that your mind can take over, and uh, and when, when our mind takes over, then we cannot judge whether it's a right decision or not, even in the name of Krishna consciousness. That's one problem. Hello. Anything else? Rajasthan Bhagavatam ki jai. Jai. Jai.